I have absolutely done psychedelics, but the reason I stopped doing psychedelics is I remember doing a shroom trip and then having like a godlike experience and saying nothing will ever top this. I don't think I ever need to do drugs again, right? Mm. I, don't, I don't need that anymore. Then I meditated and I fell into a meditation for about four hours. And that was deeper than anything I had ever done in my life. It was such beautiful bliss, such profound bliss that nothing could ever even come close to that. Hello, everyone. I'm Abhinav Jant, and this is the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. Welcome to the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. This is your host, Abhinav Jant, and I aspire to make this podcast go beyond the surface. In this podcast, I intend to bring you insights from the topmost performers, no matter what industry they're in. We talk about how they've done things differently to grow their minds and keep their physical and mental health in shape. My mission with this podcast is to help overwhelmed individuals learn ways to reduce their depression, anxiety, and live with peace and love. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Blossom Media Studio. Thank you so much for creating and distributing my podcast and taking away literally every single thing that's involved with podcasting so I can just spend the time to talk to my guests and create great episodes. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Real Abhinav Audio Experience. Today, we're in the studio with more than myself. We have Mimi in the back, and we got Matthew Morales. Hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> All right. So this is a really interesting episode because we're about to get into some really hot topics around money. There's a book that this man wrote that's coming out really soon. So we're going to get into all those good stuff. But today, first off, happy Friday. How are you doing, my friend? Happy Friday. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm like really excited. It's beautiful today. Pumped. Yeah. Pumped. It's a great day. We're in San Diego. We're neighbors practically didn't even know. Yeah. Which is fantastic. really close. Really close. Good, good. So we're here sitting down today. I want to talk a little bit about like how it is that you got to this point in life where you decided to write a book called Never Be Poor Again. Great title, by the way. Thank you. So walk me a little bit, maybe not the whole summary, but a little bit about like, why did you choose to write a book with that title? First off, let's go there, maybe. Okay. I will tell you short version of my Nepal story, right? Okay, let's do it. So when I was in Nepal with my girlfriend, Nicole at the time, a couple years ago, we had been traveling already for six months. And so by the time we got to Nepal, our first day in Nepal, we were down to $80. Okay. And the visa cost $40. So a friend spotted us $40. So we only paid for one visa. Then we needed a place to stay. So we got a guest house. So I spent $20 on the guest house. So we had $20 left that paid for two weeks of a guest house. Now, within an hour of being there, we were hungry. We mm -hmm. had just gotten the guest house. We put all our things down. We hadn't eaten in days yet because we were going through mountains, doing all this thing just to get to, to Nepal. And so then when we finally decided to go onto this walk with our $20 and see, look for dinner, look for restaurants, Nicole gets hit by a car. Damn. <laughs> and yeah, it was hard. She gets hit by a car. We rush her to the hospital. We don't know the language. We don't know anything. Rush her to the closest hospital. And they do things a little bit different in Nepal. Within seconds, they had already given her the drugs, already took her in for x-rays, everything gotcha. really fast. And so I think three hours, we had already had everything taken care of, the x-rays, the medicine, everything, and I had to pay. Yes. And so they hand me a bill, and the bill says $18. Man, the guy's got $20 in his pockets. 
It's got 18 to shell on this medical bill. Do the bill. math. Do the math. You got like two bucks left. <laughs> two dollars. Two buck chuck, bro. First day. Oh my First God. day in this country. A different country, far from home. Exactly. And so now here's the thing. Nicole, she can go somewhere one time and not get lost. I am not like that. I'm a survivalist. We land in an island. We're going to survive if I'm there. But I can't tell you how to get back home. Like I'm, I'm going to get lost. She, like Mimi. She's like, he should get lost in PB. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. I, I get lost in PB. I've been here for so many years. I get lost in OB. I've been here for, for years. <laughs> and so now we have Nicole, right? The navigator all drugged up and Matthew, the survivalist who was too busy surviving to figure out how to get back or what the name of our guest house. We can't speak the language. We can't speak anything. And so we're trying to meander our way back and it's taken like an hour and a half with her messed up foot that got ran over right. and she's in crutches and stuff. Oh man! And so you know, obviously we're like really, really hungry. And so finally we decide, should we get something to eat? And all the power in the city goes out and we see one restaurant with candles still open. And she goes, I'm hungry. Do we have any money to eat? And I said, well, we have $2. Would you rather eat dinner or breakfast? And she just broke down crying. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I've never had to choose between two meals before. Mm. Wow. And so then I broke down crying because I have many, many times. And there was nothing I could say, nothing I could do to change that reality for her, that we were in another country and had to choose between two meals. Right. And so finally I looked at her and I was like, come on, let's get some food. And she was like, but what about, what about breakfast tomorrow? I said, you know what, Nicole, I promise, I promise, I promise. We will never, ever, ever be in this position again. We will never be so broken and beaten down that we have to choose between something as little as a meal. We will never be poor again. I promise, Nicole, we will never, ever, ever be poor again. And so I got up, we went and ate, we made a list of goals. And from that moment on, I started following every single step that I had ever read or came across in a financial book, in a seminar, in anything. And I started remembering them all, finding the books, restudying them, and starting to apply the things that I never once applied until I was destitute in another country and had no way out. Two questions. Yeah. Did you eat breakfast the next day? Yes, we did. <laughs> we did eat breakfast the next day because the next day I went out and I started making calls. So we started making goals and I wrote all the little jobs that I could do anything from cleaning, you know, to sewing. I knew how to do dreads. So I wrote down doing dreads. So the next day we had, she had crocheted some water bottle holders. So the next day I started calling for jobs and they said, you know, you're going to make like 3000 rupees a month here. That's like nothing, bro. You don't want to do this. You need to find it and make American money. I'm like, um, okay. I find a farmer's market. I bring her water bottle holders. We go there. I start selling her water bottle holders. I do dreads for someone. And I was able to pay back the visa. I was able to pay for another two weeks of a guest house. I was able to get us food, everything. We got jobs. We worked in plays. We worked in, uh, in a movie. Like we had a great time in Nepal. Wow. A great time in Nepal after that. It was one of the most intense experiences of my life. So my second question was, if someone like gets to a point in their life where they're like $2 in their pocket and they're trying to figure out whether or not they should eat the meal that they have available now or worry about the next meal for the next day. I want to understand before you said the statement, like we're never going to be poor again to your girlfriend. What was Michael like before then? Right? Like what was what Matthew, 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 sorry, my bad. Sorry. 
what was Matthew like before then? Mm -hmm. What like from before that moment? How how were you behaving in your like kind of lifestyle that you got to get yourself to a point where you're like now? I mean, there's too much to unpack. Like, how the hell did no, you get to a point? That's where, a fantastic you know? question. I can actually say in one one phrase: saving money. I saved money. I worked my ass off, and then I saved money to go on a trip. And then I went on that trip, and I used my savings to travel. Got it. And then I ran out of savings. You didn't have a plan B. Didn't have a plan B, which was okay because I was okay with that. I'm okay working on my feet. That was new for Nicole. That was very, very new for her. But yeah. just in general, it was the idea that we work, 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 work. We save money for this vacation or whatever. Then we spend it till it's gone. And we go back and work, work, work and build it. And it was just, it's just this insane, insane cycle. Insane. Mm. You know? Instead yeah. of working while I was traveling, which I ended up doing, instead of putting money away every time I made money so that it was growing for me on the side, instead of making things work harder for me than I was working for it, I was spending all my money to zero, then going out and working, and then spending all my money to zero, and then going out and working. Wow. I mean, that's what most people do even today. Like exactly. you go to the job you have, you make your money, and you spend it on rent, you spend it on your other food expenses. And you're living on the first and the 15th of the month, you know, you're happy. Yeah. Right? That's pretty much. <laughs> and then you got too much month at the end of the money. Uh, too much month at the end of the money. Too much month at the That's end of funny. the money. That's funny. I like yeah. that one. Right. Cause yeah, you spend the money and you're like, shit, I still have like another 15 days before I get paid. <laughs> before and I get paid again. Now what do I do? Yeah. Exactly. And this yeah. is a common cycle. If your bank gets only two transactions a month of income, something needs to change. Yeah. It's absolutely. gonna be really tough. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's powerful, dude. So you, you, I think you mentioned to me yesterday, you were 26 years old when this was happening. Yeah, I was 26 years old. Wow. And, and how old are you now, if you don't mind? 33. I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member, download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it. So from that point in life, having $2 in your pocket to sitting here now where you're have a book coming out in less than less than two months, I would mm -hmm. say, right? It's you're getting ready to launch talking about never being poor again. Tell me the journey that it took from leaving Nepal to getting to a point in your life now where you're starting to have income, let's say more than two deposits a month, right? Like, well, tell me a little bit about that. Exactly. Let's start oh my God. It took so many failures. I thought you I were going to say two, more than $2. <laughs> before then I had more than $2. That's funny. Yeah. So it was a journey of, okay, so here's the, a quick thing about growing up. I grew up poor. I grew up in the hood. Right. There Where was, did you grow up? I grew way. up in Passaic, New Jersey, New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey. You want to know a quick fun fact back in the yeah. day when I visited America in like 97, I actually visited New Jersey. Wow. I stayed there for like six months. That's why I don't have an accent because I actually went to school. Okay. And I remember like going to the boardwalk, like the, uh, and, and I actually got lost at the boardwalk. And this is like me as a kid in the new country, lost on the boardwalk, no phones. This is before cell phones. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, man. oh shit, Where, what do I do? How do I, go, how do I get to my, I had no idea, dude. Wow. It was right outside of Ripley's, believe it or not, on the boardwalk. You wow. probably know what I'm talking yes, about. Absolutely. And that place gets crowded. Yes, it does. And I was just lost. Sorry, I don't know why my mind just went there. But well, that because that's kind of similar to what I went to, except, you know, without the money part, <laughs> getting lost in the middle of nowhere, not knowing what to do. That's funny. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, so I'm from New Jersey and 
Passaic, Patterson, a couple of, and Newark, right? And so you, I grew up around a lot of gangs. I grew up gotcha. really, really poor. But my mom was a businesswoman, hardcore businesswoman. And my father was a philosopher and loved to read. So he had me read Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad at 12 years old. He had me read um, The Secret. As soon as that book came out, he was like, Matt, you need to read this book. So he, he was handing me books my yeah. whole life. And my mom was doing business. So I had the information. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read Think and Grow Rich, The Science of Getting Rich. You know, all these books, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I had read all these books. So why am I now in Nepal with $2? I can't eat. Right? What did I do? Yeah, what did you do? Nothing that those books said. Ah, see, he didn't apply the knowledge, I you guys. I didn't apply the knowledge. That was the secret. That's the I one. read all the books. I went to all the seminars, but I skipped past the conclusions. I skipped past the intros. I skipped past the exercises. I said, oh, I don't need to know that. I understand that already. I don't need to do the exercise. Oh, the lesson is trying to teach? No, I already know that. I don't you know, need to do it. I want to I stay here for a minute because mm -hmm. this is so important when... People that consume information because we live in the information age. There's no shortage of information. Everyone yeah. is a media Every, person. Yes. And so the challenge is, is you consume information and we have all these conclusions already like, oh, I already know that. Tell me something that I don't know. So we keep seeking more and more and more information when at the end of the day, the question you should ask is, OK, cool. Now, you know, everything. The real question now is, well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Exactly. Right. Like, okay, you, you learned it all, but you, if you don't apply it, it's just like garbage mm -hmm. in. It, exactly. It, Actions like, speak louder than words. So why are we talking? We already know this, right? We yeah. already know these things. And same thing. So the point is, even if you didn't read the books, you know, you know how to become rich. I promise you. Spend less money than you make, but you're not doing that. Invest your money, but you're not doing that. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, but you're not doing that. Account for everything you have, but you're not doing that, right? Profits over wages. You're not doing that. What went it. wrong? We know, but we don't do it and we go against it. Like what went wrong? That's a fantastic question. It's because it's not part of our education system. It doesn't mm -hmm. seem like it's important. And we're taught from our parents through their habits, not through their words. And so that's, our, that's an important one. That's an important yeah. one. And so our parents are telling us one thing. My father has been teaching me finances my whole life. He's still broke. Dad, wow. I love you to death. Yeah. So you basically understood that. Okay. Just cause yeah, the behavior part is at all of it. I mean, for me, I can relate to this into the health realm. Like mm -hmm. my family, you know, financially fine, worked their ass off, you know, didn't come from much, but always survived, but never really took care of their health. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the reason I got into health and fitness is because I realized there were so many health problems in my family because they didn't apply the fundamentals to their health. And maybe they didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe they just didn't know of any better. Exactly. But, but what they did know, they didn't do. Yes. What they did know, they didn't do. That's a good one. Like and that's that. what the same with my father, with what, you know, what he did know, he didn't do. My father's been telling me to invest my whole life. He didn't invest. Mm -hmm. So do you think I invested? No. no. Even though I read the books. You know, yes. it didn't matter. Yeah. We know all the information. You're just not doing it. And it took me being destitute to realize that. And it even took me further than that. Because the question you asked was, what took me in, into that road to being actually able to get out of it, to never having to work again? Yes. And so what it took was for years after that, so I started trying to apply the rules, right? And so I decided I'm going to now reread every single financial book I've ever read in my life and every single spiritual book. 
And I promise myself I will not go to the next page until I've applied what's on the page before. And that is what changed my life. I reread Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I read I reread Rich Dad Poor Dad. And the little sentences that I was like, oh wow, oh wow, that's beautiful. Now I'm actually doing. Hmm. And it changed everything. It was simple. It hit me that it wasn't my poverty keeping me poor. It was my arrogance. And I remember when it hit me. Two years later, after we had traveled, I traveled for two years. I was, my girlfriend, Nicole, called me arrogant. I don't remember why. She goes, you're arrogant. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm arrogant. And then I go to take a shower. And what's interesting is at the time, I wasn't really like, you know, I would never say the word God. I would never say I was a religious or spiritual or anything at that time. But for some weird reason, after she called me that, I said, huh, I wonder what arrogance is. God, if you can answer this question for me, maybe it'll get me to believe in you more. What's arrogance? I bet you he answered the damn question. Oh, my he? goodness. So whenever you mean it and you ask the universe for something. Yeah. Oh, man, it oh, delivers. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the sentence I heard in my head changed my life. Arrogance is to avoid one's own ignorance. Wow. Yes. So powerful. It, it's true because, you know, what we were talking about a little bit briefly yesterday, we, we hide behind our own sort of thought bubble, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is my... My process, if we don't, you know, if nothing in, uh, that I'm doing in the world aligns with my ecosystem, then I don't want to put that in. Right? Exactly. And you, it's, it's funny because social media has become that. You're, these algorithms, they program you to kind of live in your little loop of things you like. Mm -hmm. And you never get exposed to anything outside of it because, you know, you might not engage with it. And so we're creating this culture even more so now of living in your small little bubble exactly, and never allowing yourself to expand outside. And that scares the hell. And not me. taking in any philosophies whatsoever that might contradict it, even if we know it might be better for us. Because right? you will get cancel, cancel culture. Cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean but that's But it becomes true. scary now. It's not even like just because we are okay with our biases. Now, even if you disagree with something there's consequences to it so it's like it takes more courage to look into a new philosophy or yeah. doing something more that is challenging you it, it's not only like before it's like okay i'm gonna look and like read another book and talk about it like you're gonna get canceled if it's not cool with the culture or with the friends that you're surrounding yourself with so it's become really you know scary to Try to be the person that thinks for yourself. The truth is, it's always been like that. You know, there's mm. there's all these sayings that, you know, you every time you read a new book, you've taken in a new philosophy, you've taken a new skill, a new way of thinking, a new way of being. And so if you read a new book every month, now you have 12 new philosophies, 12 mm. new ways of thinking, 12 new ways of being, 12 new skills that your friends around you no longer, that they don't have. And so mm. now you're 12 books apart from them. Mm. Yeah. And they don't want that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's a good point. And and even though like some people maybe aren't book, you know, able to read books, I was for the longest time not able to finish a book. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to put it out that like it's not, uh, you know, people learn different ways, and exactly. there's enough ways to learn these days through YouTube videos or through audiobooks or whatever have you. It's just this idea that we think that after school we don't need to continue learning exactly it's so weird like mm -hmm. you know we're sitting here now doing this podcast three years ago i didn't know how to do any of this like i didn't know yeah. how to set, even set up what we have today learning's the only thing we've ever done 
from the moment we were born. Yes. Every single thing we're doing is learning. That's the only thing we do. So for people to think that it stops outside of school is crazy to me. For people to think that they hate learning is insane to me. The only time you're really enjoying yourself is when you're learning something new. So let's get into the meat of it. If let's say you were more arrogant then than you are today, when someone's arrogant and they don't want their views to be changed, it's very difficult mm -hmm. to actually kind of swallow that and then move forward with like actually improving yourself. So maybe let's, yeah. let's talk about some of that. What were some things that came up kind of as repeated maybe trials or, or things that you needed to learn because you realized like, shit, I have to get, you know, outside of this. Exactly. So, so um, you know, the biggest one is we have to separate our money. Okay. Okay. And so this is one we hear a lot, right? We hear people say, pay yourself first. Yep. But people don't know what that means. You don't know what it means to pay yourself first. Pay yourself first doesn't mean to buy yourself clothes. It doesn't mean to buy yourself food. It doesn't mean to pay your bills. It means that you're putting money away for you. Mm. That's yours. That grows your worth. And what it's doing, it's yours and it's working for you. And it's working really, really hard for you and it's growing itself. That's what it means to pay yourself first Got it. financially. Okay. And so the first thing we do, the moment we get paid, the second we get paid, we need to separate our money. And I'll explain why. It's because money, we call it a currency, because it follows the laws of currents, like water and electricity and magnetism. And all currents must follow the same law. So let's use water for an example. Imagine a river. What happens if you've put a dam inside of the river and completely stopped the water? It becomes stagnant. It rises. It rises, right? And then it gets to this point, and then it becomes, it starts to fester and mold and things start to die. Okay. And it can only go so far. And then everything around it suffers as well. But the moment you pull that dam and it starts to flow again, right? It gives infinitely. And isn't it interesting how a river can give and give and give and not run out? Mm -hmm. Well, our money follows the same laws by putting it in a place where it stops instead of working hard for us, like saving. And by saving, I mean put it, just putting it somewhere and just hiding it away, you yeah. know, just blocking it yeah. off. It's not doing anything. It has, it's in a vault somewhere, okay? It's not gaining anything. Well, then you're making your money putrid. It's not working for you, okay? The same way you would with electricity. If you were to box it up for so long, what would happen? It would either explode from being contained or it would fizzle out, mm. depending on the situation. Well, it's the same thing with our money. It's like money is useless sitting still. It has to be moving. It has to be moving. It has to be flowing just in the right direction. So now if we start a village, right? We decided we're going to start a uh, village. We're looking for a river. The first thing we do is look for the river, settle down by the river. And let's say we only have our hands first. We get the water with our, our hands and then we build a clay pot and then we build these bigger things. But then eventually we separate the river so that we can poop in the water and cook in the water and clean ourselves in the water and them not touch each other, right? So we channel the river and we separate it in different ways. So you have to do that with your money because mm. you wouldn't pee in your cooking water, right? Well, I wouldn't, but... Maybe somebody else <laughs> somebody would. Somebody else would, but I So mean, it's the same thing with your money. You don't break the grills, integrity maybe. of the accounts. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're very gross. <laughs> so you never want to break the integrity of your accounts. You now know what I mean? I follow, yes, yes. You never want to break the integrity. You wouldn't take the, you know, you wouldn't take the money out or the, the water out from cooking put it to pee and then put the pee water in the and then keep reusing it. That, that's nasty. Yeah, so you can't yeah. do that with your money. You need to send your money somewhere. Money for expenses. 
Money that works harder for you than you do for it. That's what it means to pay yourself first. And then money that is paying off your debt. And then after you've channeled your money this way and you've become experienced, you do it one more way in which you have money literally for fun so you never feel guilty. Money for giving away, for charity. You know what I'm saying? Money right. for educating yourself. Money, money that for Dogecoin. Money for Dogecoin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sitting here talking about Doge. Yeah, Doge, Doge. So today, today, and well, tomorrow is the day, man. It's Elon's going on SNL. Apparently, it's going to be popping off. Yeah. That's another day. topic. And how is it controversial that he's going on to SNL? I don't, I don't know about the controversy part. I think people just don't understand that. If First off, I don't think he owns any Dogecoin because if he did... The SEC would probably be right up his ass because because he can't be he, promoting. Yeah, he can't be promoting something that he's trying to like. That's like yeah. pumping stocks, right? Yeah. So I don't actually think he owns anything. Uh, that's my guess. And I think he's just. I mean, he's a fa he's a fan of technology and like what it does, yeah. and so I think he's just commenting on the fact that like the you know the fate of of the irony behind a joke coin becoming the real coin is very much possible yeah. if people decide it to be possible. Exactly because value. And opinion is what creates the value of money or yes. opinion is what creates the value of money, you know, and in general, if first, if, oh, while we're traveling, right, people trade books and it becomes a currency. Yeah. I mean, we used to trade like, you know, things for other things. Exactly. Right? The barter bartering system. system. Right. And so currency has just become sort of like, you know, that, but the next level. And then so why is cryptocurrency not the, you know, standard evolution of that. It just, it, it blows my mind how many people don't understand it right now. Exactly. And, you know, it's going to sneak up on them quick. So speaking of like the, the currency part of saving your money a little bit, I would add, you should spend some time also researching what is actually going on today, not just the principles from yesterday, which is like, put your money in a retirement account. Like well, exactly. So, and this is the, this is the difference. This is what's important. So, it's the principles only that matters because it's the principles that don't change. It's everything else that works around the principles because you can't change principles. And I'm gonna give you an example. If we're gonna bake a cake, right? No matter how hard you try, you can't swap out the baking soda for salt and expect a cake to appear. You just, you just can't do that. It just doesn't. But what you can do is make a cupcake or a wedding cake. Big, small, different colors, different styles, different flavors and all That's those things. That's a good way to put it. But the principles can't change. So we have to find systems that align with the principles. That's why books become redundant, especially financial books. They're like, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Yes, because they're all following principles. But if something's not following those principles, it's wrong. It's simply wrong. The reason Dogecoin is becoming explosive, the reason cryptocurrency is becoming explosive is because the principles that lie behind them. Currency, right, is a value thing. It's a proposition of value in trade. And Bitcoin is the first form of currency ever completely based on. What's it based on? It's backed by honesty. Everyone says, what's it backed by? It's not backed by gold. No, it's backed by honesty. It's yeah, the ledger is the most incredible piece of technology, the blockchain. Exactly. I remember when I was in college, you know, I studied computer science and I remember one of my upper division courses, like the professor was like, yo, you guys need to check into this whole blockchain stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And at that time we were just like, I don't really get it. And, you know, my friends, two of them were like, oh, can we use your apartment to build a miner? I actually had a miner in my apartment wow. in like 2012. And we probably had hundreds of like Bitcoin and Dogecoin all on there. 
our, we got our first electric bill was $850 and we were like, we have to shut this thing off because none of us have that kind of money to pay this bill. So, and it's not worth it. This, and it wasn't not, worth it. It was, worth, it was it. worth like, like nothing. But right now and you would be a billionaire. If I had, yeah, I would be, oh yeah, I would be sitting in a whole different place, yeah. but like that's, but that's how I feel like if I was thinking that in 2012, being someone who's in the tech world or going into that space, the average person today has no clue. I mean, yeah. they're only just finally hearing about Bitcoin. I've known exactly. about Bitcoin for over a decade, but never did exactly. anything. Yeah, so exactly. I do want to touch on that subject. It's like we are talking about old principles of money and, you know, like fundamentals of like you should be channeling your money. You should be paying yourself first. And then we are talking about the new ways of money, which is like cryptocurrency, technology. And the reality where we at right now, though, there is so such a big gap between those two things. Mm -hmm. Like people have either really lost in the ideas of cryptocurrency and they don't think about principles of money. So they want to make quick money and yes, they spend absolutely. money on like, OK, I'm going to put everything in cryptocurrency because that's the future. I'm going to Mars. I'm going to live on the moon. I don't care. Right. Or there are people that are just living on the old principles. Like I'm going to save up because this whole world is going to end. And then COVID-19 going to happen or another lockdown going to happen. I have money tucked away, so I'm going to be okay. Well, and because like we evolving so much and so fast with the technology, how do we bridge that gap? Yeah. Like, how do we help people not to be from, you know, be from just one edge or another, but like actually implementing it in holistic way? Exactly. I have a friend when we first started learning about Bitcoin and stuff like that. And I was, I was teaching him about investing and then he learned about Bitcoin. And so then he's like, oh, I'm going to start investing in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And so there's a basic principle, right? You only invest what you can afford. And usually, typically, we try to leave it around 10%. You can afford to lose 10 cents from every dollar. And, you know, it's not too big of a deal at first, right? As long as something happens for the future. No, this dude, like you said, he's like, oh, these they're having 1,000% things. And she started making money. And he went, no joke, from $9, right? $9 in rupees, whatever that is. So nine times 70. Um, simple math. 49. No, it's not 49. Nope. It's more than that. Wait, wait, what was that? Nine times seven. It's 540. 63. 63. Yes. I can't believe we. Wow. We're, we're stupid. Just, we're I'm going to cut this out. No, leave this in. Yeah. No, yeah, this isn't because a it's a advice. great point. Yeah. It's a great point to show that you don't need to know math to make, to make a lot money. of money. Well, you just need to put your money. In Doge you just need to know you where to, to do, put your bro. money. But anyway, anyway, what were we we'll saying? We'll come back to this. Yes. Yes. What we're were trying we to bridge the gap between principles and the craziness okay. of cryptocurrency. So then the first thing he does is he starts investing, 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 and he makes it up to a million rupees or uh, 4 million rupees. Okay. I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you, hiding all your clutter, makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game. And then he loses... I, I'm like, please stop putting in all your money. Please stop doing it. He's like, oh, but we're winning. I was like, please, it can only last so long. It can only last so long. He lost all 4 million rupees in four trades. Oh, my God. In yeah. four trades. Yeah, when you trade, it it just... It's crazy. It's fast. <laughs> 
It's like one gone. transaction. Just gone. gone. Yeah. And because like you said, he didn't, the simple principle, right? That it's a simple principle, right? You only trade what you can afford to lose. And he's like, no, I'm putting in all of it. It's like, but you're only putting in all of it because of excitement. So we're allowing the excitement of something new. Yeah. Throw away something that. Speaking of like the trading craze right now with like TikTok and all the Robinhood traders and everything else that's going on. What's crazy to think about is we've made it okay by calling it financial you know, investment, it's basically gambling. And now everyone has a slot machine on their phone. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Well, that's what you get the my same question. high, you get the same sort of emotions, right? You're like, Oh my God, it's going up. And then you're like, Oh, why is it going down? You freak out, you start to sell and you know, maybe you over overstretch yourself. No different than you would at a casino. Well, they, yeah, they've always had their similar different, you know, they, their similarities. And you know, the biggest difference being that the house makes the math work towards them versus Bitcoin and those trades. It's not a, a calculation versus right. I, I'm purely but you're still getting the, the high. Yeah, you're yes. still getting the high. You're still trying to chase the dragon. Yes. You're still um, reacting out of emotion. You're not investing. Just yeah. you're not investing. And you can be gambling with anything versus investing with anything, really, True. I guess. Yes. You yes. Know? So, yeah. So I'm posing the question. It's like, how can we bridge that gap and make it not so insane and educate people on better level you already mentioned that like in school or i guess traditional education system we don't learn those things right yeah. now everybody is relying literally on tiktok to invest it's kind of crazy just like crazy <laughs> i i actually had people who wow. reach out to me uh, for doing taxes and they say if you don't believe in certain things on this tiktok i do not want to work with you i'm like okay <laughs> I probably don't want to work with you either because you're just stubborn and not really knowing things. Yeah. So like, how can we as people who are more enlightened in the, you know, financial space or like have- Can't add or multiply for shit, but yes. <laughs> yes. Can help like to bring the light to this subject because like for our parents, it's scary when we talk about cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. It's pro like, how can we bridge that and like help you know, just generation to come. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. That's part of what this book, the point of this book is showing people that there's principles to everything. And if mm -hmm. we understand the principles, then it works with Bitcoin and mm -hmm. it works with Dogecoin and it works with regular finances and it works with real estate and it works with marketing and it works, it works with everything because it's principles. It doesn't matter what it's in. Mm. And we need to bring this into schools. I'm actually yeah. hoping to bring this book into schools, into youth centers, girls and boys, Clubs, clubs. thank you, YMCAs, things like that. And so if I can donate it to these charities, if mm. they can buy it, if they can supply it to their schools, if some of the accounting programs can have this, it will help bridge the gap, I truly believe, mm. actually. Because, for example, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is considered the most, I think it's the most sold financial book of all time. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So Rich Dad, that's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And there's still so many poor people. <laughs> and there's still so many poor people. What's amazing about that book, right, is it teaches financial literacy. But I read the book and I still didn't follow the principles mm. behind some of, uh, I followed some of them and I taught a lot of the things growing up, but I really wasn't even following everything. Mm. So I think the difference is, is some, and some schools are finally starting to bring this into school. Mm. So if we can start taking these types of books and put them into school, but then the point of my book was to point out, look, you're going to have all these books and all these books are going to have the same principles. And I'm going to show you what those principles are. They're distilled. So now when you go into all those other books, you can see 
that they're teaching the same thing. It's a thing. good framework to start with. And exactly. Then expand your knowledge. Exactly. And so if you start here, you can see this is what I did wrong. What mm. I did wrong was ignoring these books. We're being arrogant. We're skipping steps. We're thinking scripts were dumb. It's a script for a reason. It works. Yeah. That's why they made the script because they know it works. Mm. You know, so I used to ignore scripts. I used to, because of my charisma and I could get people to talk, but I didn't understand how powerful scripts were. And so there's all these little things. And if you can take these and understand to distill these things and to understand just the principles, then from now on for the rest of your life, anytime you read any book, you know which principles it's applied to. Mm whether it's yeah. true or not. I think the only thing I would add, which maybe is like a left field now, because we were kind of talking shit about TikTok a minute ago. I think it's actually really awesome that people at a mass scale are getting exposure to information like ability to trade, like ability to kind of make your own wealth, even though it's skewed and even though it's not the entire truth, I think it's giving the people that exposure that just wasn't there a decade ago. Right. And and for someone to then be able to take the next steps, hopefully, right, to go in down that rabbit hole and trying to figure it out and maybe even invest a little and lose and be like, shit, I kind of it kind of worked. But like, I definitely think I need to learn some more. Mm -hmm. It's you know, you almost if you didn't have two dollars in your pocket, you wouldn't be sitting here today. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's exactly. the whole point. It's like you. So my thought is, how does, do we bridge that gap? I think we have to keep evolving the, the way we're doing with content creation, people like individuals who know need to take a sense of responsibility to put out work that educates even the 10 people that follow them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. the part that you mentioned, taking personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So my only thing now is that I have problem with TikTok and educator on there. It's like, who is holding them accountable? So that's, you know, like, I don't want to say that they have to go to school and prove that they have this certificate or that certificate to teach, but it's, just hoping for the honesty system that yeah. people will actually teaching what they actually doing, not what they read from the book. And that's why I maybe had on the fence a little bit of social media is because they missing the principles. They teaching you a lot of like tactics, hacks, how you can do it fast, how you can do it quick. And they don't tell you principles. And I like, for me personally, I think it's a missing point. It's like, you don't telling me the whole thing. Exactly. And, but that's exactly. always been in this industry in general. That's just how we've been. So the internet is just shedding light on these things. Mm. That's all it's doing. I've realized this uh, years ago, before I even understand, stood what decentralization was, all right, what Bitcoin is, the whole point of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. realized that we're becoming decentralized and we will eventually move to decentralized government, decentralized anything, everything, mm -hmm. regardless of what anyone thinks, even what the government thinks, we are going this way, period. You can see it in our consciousness, mm -hmm. in our subconscious, the way we're doing everything. What's happening now is we're taking the ability to communicate. We're taking what's in here, our minds, and we're making it so that everybody mm -hmm. can hear it. And right now, with the internet being so new in its infancy, you know, we're sharing all these ideas and now we have conflicting things mm. and we have people just trying to make money and trying to mm. make a quick buck. But then we have the honest people. Then we have the people that are um, a pushover, but then we have the bullies and we're all in one place. Mm -hmm. But eventually, eventually, now that we have the system, it's going to move to this decentralization. The honesty is going to happen in the fact that eventually we know each other's thoughts. That and also you can't really hide from your your like kind of self really. You on can't the hide from it anymore. Whatever you put out there, if you think it's, it's yeah, if you think it's gonna be not you know there in ten years, you're 
just mistaken. It's just not the way it works. So if you do consistently do bad things online, it's going to catch up to you probably yeah. sooner than later. And that's the real part of it, I think, that, you know, moving forward. And I tell people all the time, it's like the Internet's not going away. If you yeah. think it is, you're crazy. Like, exactly. It's really it really is what what we did, I believe, is we made if you want to go with masculine and feminine principles of spirituality, that we had the feminine principle of language, the feminine principle of communication, of possibly telepathy, psychic ability, things like that. And we made a masculine version of that or meaning technology, mm. trying to take that idea and bring it into the physical world through mm. cell phones and communication, through the internet, through email, all these things. And eventually those two things are just going to merge together. And it's this wanting to connect and to understand each other on this deeper empathetic level. And I just think that's truly where we're going, even with all the evil and the crazy going on, that that's where we're going. And mm. eventually that that goodness, that light wins, period, point blank. Mm. I truly believe that. Yeah. So in your book, I guess like website, I read that you've talked about enlightenment, that you want to achieve enlightenment and then reach your goals. And you we start talking more towards like spirituality and all those things. Like how... I think that this is really important question and like to ask, like, how do you stay, I would say, like grounded, even with so many things that is going on with the internet and exposure of things happening? Like, how do you stay grounded and not being so attached to those things that is happening? Because you say that you see that that's the direction that we're going, mm -hmm. but there's so much conflict that is happening. How do you don't not be involved in those conflicts? Because that's the most generation that is, you know, growing up right now, like Generation Z and millennials like us, we tend to be involved in those conflicts and dramas. Like, how do you stay grounded? Oh, trust me when I tell you it's a practice, you know? Yeah. It really is a practice over years and years. But the truth is, a form of peace has washed over me mm. in situations. I would not say I'm enlightened, but I've had moments. I've had, I would love one day, that's what we were saying about enlightenment. I would love one day to be enlightened. I'm definitely not enlightened. I love to meditate. I love to, you know, try to fall into this world. And it's happened where I fall into these deep, powerful states mm. for months at a time with no thoughts. And this one time I had this beautiful reflection of seeing like the next thousand years and it playing out. And after seeing that, there's just nothing to be anxious Bro, about. Bro, what kind of mushrooms did you take? <laughs> the deepest meditation I had ever been on. <laughs> I meditate. You know, I, I will say this. So, you know, I have um, absolutely done psychedelics, but the reason I stopped doing psych psychedelics is I remember doing a shroom trip and then having like a godlike experience and saying nothing will ever top this. I don't think I ever need to do drugs again. Right. Mm. I don't I don't need that anymore. Then I meditated. And I fell into a meditation for about four hours. And that was deeper than anything I had ever done in my life. It was such beautiful bliss, such profound bliss that nothing could ever even come close to that. Thank you. We should clip this and like put it out for people that don't want to meditate. Be like, how can you not want to meditate when you hear shit like this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it was. it's this bigger bliss. And the other thing was realizing that I could, in a split second, just turn on that feeling of It's always available to you. You just have it's to access it. It's always available. Exactly. Right? It's And that's the beauty of meditating. It's not, there's no objective or goal. It's, it's really just checking in with yourself. 
and exactly. every day you know this right why don't you share some of this because you clearly don't meditate as much as you you should at some point now you started to and you're noticing a difference right like share some of your well, i would say that i have been in different states of bliss and understand you know like feeling as of like i was speaking to god or hear the voice of god mm -hmm. and there are many ways still where i am at right now i believe that there are many ways how you can get there like it does not have to be only one way of meditation or another yeah, like you can absolutely. get into it by doing yoga like what happened to me like two weeks ago i was doing just morning yoga kind of stretches but it was like a real practice not like a class for 45 minutes it was like mm -hmm. two hours of yoga practice and it was led but i was doing what my body let me you know allows me to do and out of sudden i had this voice telling me that just follow your gut because everything that you need to know it's inside you and i just had the peace right so that was like kind of moment that when i had it i had also moments when i spoke to god by just walking and praying and mm -hmm. praying to God that I believe or to the universe, how people will say it, right? And I also had the moments of bliss when I was just sitting and doing the meditation practice where you're doing om chanting and singing and all those things. So yeah. like for me, I believe that, yes, it's available to you, but it does not have to be only one way or another. Sometimes I have it by reading Bible. Sometimes I had it by uh, writing you know, just like my own thoughts down and like out of sudden, I just have this like exactly moment and I want to cry. It could be a <laughs> sentence. It could be a thought. It could be a it, thing. So I um, still think that, yeah, meditation, it's good, but it, you don't have to be only doing meditation, but right. you can do the form of meditation. I think the, the thing that really kind of struck to me, because I, I started to get into meditation several years ago when I was going through a very rough time as well. And at that time, it was just more of a means to an end. I was like, okay, I don't have any structure. I want to start getting better. You know, you sit down, you try to meditate. You're like, this doesn't do shit. Why am I doing this, right? So you have that kind of attitude to start. But if you stick with it for just to say, like, I'm going to do this for the next, you know, 30 days or whatever, for me, it was like something like that. So I just stuck to it. And, you know, slowly but surely, I started to find other ways of kind of introducing the same presence, that same peaceful feeling and one thing that I found that was very interesting to me was this this thing that I was never taught my entire life, which is introspection, the power of actually watching what your thought process is mm -hmm. and questioning where is the thought coming from? Who is the thinker and who is the watcher of the thinking? Very deep, profound stuff. These, these words, they don't mean shit. Like you actually have to allow them to search within you and then you realize you're like, yeah, what am I going on about this whole, yeah. like, you know, and at the end of the day, I, the reason I bring that up is it ties back to what you were saying about meditation is when you sit down and you try to meditate, you can get glimpses of that sort of, you know, transcendent or perplexed, like feeling like eclipsed sense of like, I'm not these thoughts, like I'm having these feelings, but I'm also watching them. But once you start to realize that, process you've become aware of it you can get to that same place in many different ways i think the challenge is for most people they have no they have no concept of understanding what that would be like so meditation seems to be the most appropriate path to go with well you know actually Makes it's sense. the mistake is thinking that that's the meditation the meditation is not sitting down and closing your eyes that's not the meditation the meditation was 
choosing that I want to sit down and close my eyes. And the moment we had that realize, like, I can't sit here and close my eyes, that was the meditation. And reflecting on the food is meditation and reflecting. Meditation is a process that can be done hundreds of ways. The mistake is we imagine sitting down and closing our eyes is the meditation. Incorrect. Introspection is the meditation. The moment we've had a moment of any form of introspection or of this stillness that happens from it, of connection and this connection that happens. So we start connecting it to this physical thing, but meditation is not physical. Mm. And we connect it to this physical thing. Yeah, yeah. But those are off meditations, you know? And so falling into the deepest bliss I fell into was one of the ones you said was while walking. I had my hands just folded and I just started walking. And then I just, whew, hours, just in this absolute pure bliss. And then another time was from forgiveness, truly understanding forgiveness, mm, truly powerful. forgiving someone. Yeah, I was in a moment where I literally had a murderous thought. I was so angry. I wanted to kill this person. And I remember thinking to myself, what would end this pain? And I thought about hurting him. And I was like, that wouldn't end it. Huh. The only thing that would end it is forgiving them. Which is harder. Mm. Which is harder. And remember going, you know what? That's all I can do. And it just all fading away. And it felt like thousands and thousands of years of weight came off me and everything went white. You know, and for months, that was months, perfect bliss. There weren't thoughts running through my head. It was just connection to everything. You know, the challenge I've had after like kind of getting into the meditation world, just going more the spiritual route, I I had a real rough time kind of navigating after being shown this because I didn't know how to then go from there. Like I needed some sort of a daily practice that, that would guide me in this journey. It's no different than like when you start working out, you need mm-hmm. to have a workout plan. You need to stick to it. Otherwise you're, you're not going to get anywhere with it. You're, you're just going to be blind, right? You're just searching for nothing. So the challenge I had was I didn't have sort of a, a strict practice or, or, a, or a path forward from, from where I started after I kind of, I, I would call it when I, when my, when I realized that I was not who I think I am and I was not my thoughts. And when I started to realize those things, it was just such a, incredible amount of uh, information that just disappeared from my memory. And I was completely lost as to like, well, what the hell am I doing here? You know, why am I here? What am I here for? You've seen, heard me talk about this, like, who am I? What am I doing here? And why, you know, what should I be doing here? Those three questions have no answers. It's at at that stage, you're like, I'm just here. Like, And how did I get here? I don't know. What what do I do? Yeah, I I, I think it's like you you were shown the glimpse of, bliss but like you were not in it the whole time i think what it is is that your and your mind was trying to make your mind is always there with you regardless of whether it speaks or not it is in those experiences as well but the mind needs an answer because it's a computer It, it only works off of data right if it doesn't have something to make sense of it just doesn't compute. It's like, well, what do I do here? Like, how, how do I? So how the do I mind was trying to make sense. Trying of to that make sense moment. of the experience, and and I'm only bringing all this up again because I I tell people that like they they want to get somewhere and all. It's like, dude, if you can't sit down with yourself for ten minutes, like that should be the goal to start with. You know, mm-hmm. like what is bigger than that? Like what is bigger than finding yourself? Exactly. Answering that question, it's a simple question, really. Why can't you sit with yourself? Yeah. That should be scarier should than be sitting scary. with yourself. Why can't you sit with yourself? 
that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, going back to where I, what I was trying to also say is kind of going down that ro- road of, of becoming very aware and being very present. I had no desire to, to want to chase anything material for a long time. Like goals that have no meaning, money doesn't have any extra meaning. You know, the people that I love were all alive and well, and that was pretty much what really mattered. And I like kind of the pain of having them die off one day was the thing that I was suffering from, you know, like kind of like, wow, you know, everyone that I love is going to die. And what is, you know, who, who am I to think that I can stop at that? Yeah. And, and what do I think is going to happen if I had a billion dollars today? Can I stop mm-hmm. my mom from dying? Can I get another minute with her? Mm-hmm. Like none of that matters. Exactly. So it was very rough for me to figure out what is even worthwhile to pursue then from that stage. Cause I just was so like, I was so emptied, but I was also so lost from the, from the character. Which is one of the stages of you that know? separating from the identity. Cause that's what this all comes down to. If you want to relate it, let's say to a Christian belief, for example, it all comes down to what is the sin? The original sin is identity, mm-hmm. um, pride. It's identity. It's with identifying oneself as separate than everything else. And so then when we comes to terms of this realization is I'm not identified with my mind anymore. Then we fall into the exact opposite side sometimes. Like, well, I can't identify with anything. Therefore, I shouldn't have anything. Yes. And then it, yes. Therefore, I shouldn't. And now we start pushing things away and realizing, no, that's also a part of me as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not anything, but everything is a part of me. Right. And it's, it's like this dual, this duality of I'm in everything. Everything is in me. You know, it's not that important yet. Everything's important. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like yeah. This. And, yeah. And, and like I'm tying this to the financial side, because we are sitting here talking about, you know, never be poor. Yeah. Right. And let me actually say, so for the viewers, um, the whole title and why it's still on topic is never be poor again, a guide to money as a spiritual practice and explaining why it's a spiritual practice in the first place because it does become a spiritual practice once we start focusing on these things. Yeah. You know? So sorry, go ahead. No, and that, 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 I think you're on it. I was basically going to say like, how can we then talk about like walking someone? Because I wish I had this conversation then I did and I didn't. Right. But it's like, what, what would you tell someone who is in that state of kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're disidentified, but they are trying to find a path to move forward. It's like, well, dude, you still got to like live in this world. You still, we still need have to, to live money. in this world. And, uh, and so, like, how do you create that sort of sense of money is important, but it's not. But it's, it's not important. Yes. You know, Easy. I got you. Okay. Tell me. This is why money is a spiritual practice in the first place. Okay. Here's a secret to finances. You are always paid directly equal to the quantity of service you give, uh, the quantity of people you serve and the quality of service that you give. So simply put, you're always paid according to how well you help people and how many people you help. Mm, yeah that's what we focus on not the money so don't focus on like i gotta want to get a million dollars focus on how can you generate a million dollars worth of value for other people exactly or even this even this it's like i want to be a millionaire well then what do i have to do who do i have to become in order for me to have enough money to be able to give ten thousand away as a gift because i have a million dollars of income hmm I feel like I'm getting preach um, to myself right now. <laughs> um, and I love like the conversation because we started with money and then spiritual, right? And then you're tying it to like spiritual practice. But I'm going to be speaking from the place of mine and probably from the place of the most people that feel like 
okay, well, I don't have money right now. I need to go and make money. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. So like, you go towards the route of scarcity mindset. Like we had this conversation with Abhinav another day. I haven't been like, you know, like working for other people for a while. And then I'm like, okay, well, worst case scenario, I'm just going to go and work at the coffee shop. Right. But that the mindset, yeah, it's like, well, if you're going to keep thinking that way, then you're not going to really go anywhere. So you actually have to switch your mindset and thinking in the way that you were mentioning before. Like I want to have a million and think more like in the growth mindset. And that's why it's spiritual. Because it comes back to changing this. Mm, yeah. Mm. And comes back to changing this. Mm. Always. Philosophy means the love of wisdom. Psychology means the study of the spirit, the study of the soul, and the study of the mind. Okay? So, when we're doing this, when we're changing our philosophies, when working through philosophies, we're working through loving, learning to love wisdom enough to allow new wisdom to come in. Mm. Right? And we're learning... We have to learn to take these principles and start taking these things in, like you said. And that's why it's spiritual, because I'm changing this. I'm changing this. With, against what I grew up with, against what everyone else is telling me, this is the hardest thing, right? They say the 1%. That means that 98% of the people don't know what they're doing. Right. So stop listening to the 98% of people. That's really, really hard to do. And so we start going back to our old jobs and we start going back to our old work or whatever. But then also the other side, don't abandon what you're doing to become wealthy. The first thing people do is they start quitting their job. Oh, I'm going to become a millionaire and they quit their job. You need income. Yeah. You still need a flow of water to come to your village. Yeah. I mean, I can tie this into like some of these kids that I've been trying to help and they, they want to quit school because school has become very difficult with mm-hmm. Zoom. I can't blame them. You know, if I yeah, was in their I shoes, can't. I would do the same. But the reality is it's like I tell them, if you do plan to quit school, what's the alternative for your continuous learning? If you haven't exactly. figured out how to learn shit yourself, how do you think you're going to do that by quitting school? And exactly. how do you think you're going to just start and walk into a business and make it successful? Go work for somebody for 10 years yeah. and learn business. Yeah. And then maybe you'll start your own business. But it's just that, you know, we are so disconnected from the, from like kind of what the actual reality is because we're marketed this incredible vision through social media, which is, you know, both plus and minus, of course. That's why I think for, I don't know, like, were you about to say something? But I was just going to say that it does, like, going back to the core principles we were talking about in terms of finance, I think it comes down to you have to then realize you have to take care of your mental health because it's so influenced by so many things outside of you. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself first in in taking care of your mental health. And physically. and Physically. Right, like, go... Every day, it's a non-negotiable. I have to exercise. I have to sit down and meditate. I have to sit down yep. and write stuff down. Right. The like first it, thing I do when yeah. I wake up is read, meditate, yoga. Exactly. Twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, and and I think that that is really like has become sort of the staple for me. Is all the other ups and downs in life are going to be there, mm-hmm. but if you don't check in with yourself, it's just like. You know, it's like a bad diet. It's going to catch up with you. Oh yeah, hundred exactly. percent. Right. You're you're going to get bloated. You're going to get fat. You're going to get out of shape. Exactly. Yeah. So. I want to tie it now, our conversation to reality, right? The questions that people ask and like so consumed by like, how do I get organic um, traffic on social media so I can make money? Okay. You know, I'm going to say something that might be considered controversial to that answer. Ads are organic. Hmm. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to explain why. They kind of say it, it's paid, but it's go organic on. advertising versus paid advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The reason that there's no organic versus paid, that's an insane idea, is because every single day you're going out to people, regardless if you're paying or not, telling your message. Right. And only the people that are interested are listening. And you're blasting it and you're telling people, you're telling your friends, you're telling people you go around, I'm doing it. And only the people that you like, yeah. that are like it. Most are of interested. my friends don't even know the name of my fucking podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, most my of my name, people, bro. most of my friends, most of my friends don't know that I'm writing a novel. Well, yeah. So that's why I'm like tying all what we're talking about, right? Like we have this understanding that, okay, we have spiritual practice. We do that. And then we try to be different out, you know, like, swimming against the current, current mm-hmm. and be different. But then people around us are the people who are asking those questions that are like, okay, I want more Instagram followers so yeah. that I can make money. So it's nothing related to like how I can become rich or how not to be poor. How do I practice principles? Like let's, I let's think those talk people about are like, screwed that's from the beginning. If they think having followers equals money, they're wrong. Right, but that's the most of the people. So like we are on the... Yeah, so I'm telling those people, you're wrong. If you think <laughs> followers equals money, you're wrong. Yeah, and we need to move to helping people. Mm, we need it. to move to solving problems. Yeah. And it's at it. So the truth is, you know, once again, how do we bridge the gap? gap? Answering all those questions. Learn the damn recipe. <laughs> Follow the damn recipe. Yeah, yeah. Then once you understand the recipe and you mastered the recipe, then play with it. But we are the microwave generation. We want things like three seconds, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You want, we want our food fast. We want yeah. a fast food. Microwave generation. Yeah. I right? mean, I've, I've been kind of like figuring this, this concept of like, we, we tell, we, we know everything's easy, right? Yeah. Everything's easy. Oh yeah. It takes time. But, but it still takes time. Easy doesn't mean it's quick. And you know, Jim Rohn used to say just, What's easy to do is just as easy not to do. Yeah, it's there easy you go. to become That's rich. It's easy to become rich. Just invest and just save your money. And just, it's easy to do all that, but it's also easy not to. But I think that the core is that, like, we believe that just because it's easy, it is also quick. Quick, and that's exactly. And that's exactly. that's the no. real disconnect. That yeah. when that clicked for me, I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, it's not. Everything is slow easy. is smooth and smooth is fast. That was something yeah. I learned so, in the Marine Corps. The summary here is: get the book, never be poor again. Learn the recipe, <laughs> yeah, and do the th- damn thing, yeah, and you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. And I, you know what? I can quickly give you the recipe if you know it's fine. I'm willing to give the secret away. All right, it's as simple as possible. Okay, write it down, as, people. Write this down as fast as possible. I'll do this first. You need to separate your money and channel it. Take seventy percent of your money and put it to your expenses, the yeah. things you need to pay. Take 20% to pay off your debts. Even if you can only pay, you got a hundred debts, you can only pay a dollar per person. Whatever you got to do, 20% for your debts and 10% to pay yourself for something that's working harder for you than you are for it. Mm. Every single time you get paid, you channel it into these three things and you never break the integrity of those accounts. Mm. Two, you write down your net worth. Your net worth is your assets minus your liabilities or in simple terms, all the things putting money in your pocket Minus all the things taking money out your pocket. How much money do I have left over? Yeah, what's the net? What's the net? Mm. If I paid absolutely everything today, do I have anything left? Or am I broke? Am I starving? What would happen? So you do your net worth because what you focus on grows. So don't focus on your debt. Oh, I have $20,000 of debt. No, focus on your net worth, which will write 
your debt in there have it entailed, but you're focusing on what you're growing. So your net worth. All right. And then third is you have to start taking your money after you account for it and start making it work harder for you by making it automatic. Stop worrying about learning how to invest. You don't need to learn how to invest and you don't need to have money to invest. Would you ever say, oh, I'm too dirty to shower? <laughs> no, you shower because you're dirty, right? You work out because you want to get strong. You don't say, oh, I can't work out. I'm not sure. No, you work out to get strong. I'm too strong. I don't want to work strong. out. I'm too strong. I'm too strong, guys. No, you know, no. So you invest because you're broke. Okay. And so now you have to start investing. And the easiest way to do it is just take a portion of your money and have it automatically start investing. Stop worrying about it. Stop trying to get small hits. Long term, think long term. Mm. And then fourth, do it today. Yeah. And spend less money than you make. It's this simple. If you make $100 and you spend 102, how long can you do that for? Yeah. You, you I mean, there are so many credit card companies will reach out to you they the, will help you they out. will help you oh they'll love to help you with 14 dollars don't fall for it you guys 14 to 26 dollars so every time you spend a hundred dollars you're also paying another 26 you know on one thing i think you maybe will do in your second book or, or it's maybe already in there but i i would also add you know part of like getting yourself to not be poor we've already talked about it, it also involves you know paying your mental health paying your physical dues oh that's a your, big part of it Absolutely. paying your you know your community, your family relationships, exactly. like all of that. Think about it. Do you want to be the richest guy with no deep connected relationships to exactly. anybody? No like, friends. What, like what would that yeah. be like? And then the only friends you would make at that point are people that are wanting to take money mm -hmm. or use you to, you know, have them pay, have pay for stuff, Exactly. which is fine if that's what you if want. If that's what you want. But like, I don't think that's what most people exactly. want. I, think about I, I definitely money. do. I have a whole chapter on yeah. the idea of the difference between being rich and being wealthy, right? Being yeah. rich is to have an abundance of money. Being yeah. wealthy is to have an abundance of time. Yeah. I, I have a shirt. I didn't wear it today, but it basically says, I eat and sleep well. It's like, if you can eat good and you have really good night's sleep, you are super wealthy. The exactly. The majority of people well, that don't have that is insane. Yeah, think about it for a second. Like you were saying, right? If you're rich and you're sick and you're going to die tomorrow, your money becomes worthless, right? Yeah. So a, the bigger part of wealth is your health. So yeah. I explained that in there. And that's your mental health. That's your physical health. That's your, so, you know, that's all in there. It's really important. That's health why it's a spiritual wealth. practice. Health is wealth. <laughs> it's a spiritual practice. It's all in here. Yeah. And so it's all related because the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? So if your bank account goes to zero, then you probably let your fridge get to empty before you refill it. Your laundry probably gets completely full and you have no underwear before you do your laundry. You probably have no gas in your gas tank. They all represent each other. Mm. If you take on other people's problems, you probably have people stuff inside of your drawers and you have people stuff inside of your closets and people stuff inside of your uh, mm. car. You take on other people's baggage. Wow, yes, that's that's very valuable. Right? Yeah. And so it applies with your health. It's the exact the same thing you're doing. The way you treat your money is the way you treat your daughter, your mother, your sister. If you neglect it, you neglect your money. But it's also what you do with your food. It's the relationship that you have with your food. So if you like convenience and money and you like quick money, you like to make money fast, you probably would prefer pills and nutritional pills over workout plans. You know what I mean? You would mm -hmm. probably just take a pill if you can, instead of actually trying to work out. So these are similar ideas. The way we do anything is the way we do yes. everything. Yes. Well, you are on a big mission, you know, like to just really educate and bridge the gap between like the people that grew up poor and really trying to get out of that mindset. So I'm so glad that we were able to 
be one of the first people that hear about this and um, we'll make sure to put the, all the information in the link about the book and actually pre-orders is already starting, right? Yes, pre-orders so are coming out. 69 days till the release. The release day is July um, 16th. 16th. Mm -hmm. And if you order the first 100, you can get it signed, correct? If Yeah, well, we have, we're doing 100 people will get a signed copy. And I think there's like 30 something spaces 37 left. 37 left. Okay. So, yeah. So, yep, go and get your book. And we are so glad that we can be on this journey with you to help, you know, to talk about this and educate more people about financial literacy and as a spiritual practice. Yes. Now, I'm so glad I you're think. on this mission because it's, it aligns with what I want to do is get more people just the path to figuring out you know, themselves yeah. uh, for themselves, right? Exactly. Like it's the stuff we haven't just nev never been taught unless your parents are just like Zen masters, which, mm -hmm. you know, I'm so glad you have that. <laughs> then yeah. Go give it to the world. You know, yes. it's uh, it's something that we all need. Uh, so again, man, thank you so much for just taking the time to do yes. this. It's thank been, you guys yeah. for having me on the it's show. Really and I'm, I'm actually grateful that you're doing it because a lot of people don't go out of their way to educate others if they've learned something because they think oh okay somebody else will do it yeah it's so many things out there already yeah it's not my place to do it or like i don't have time somebody for it. needs to hear it in it's, your voice. it's true it's like oh yeah somebody else will do it the delegation of responsibility yes. <laughs> it's like if there's a car accident and there's 20 of us we're all looking around waiting <laughs> who's the one that's who's going to be the one to go and help right so you actually took on the responsibility of impacting maybe the amount of people that will hear need to hear exactly your voice Thank you know because yeah, we are what I so different too. it's like everyone it's like when i was in school you you want to learn something and maybe it doesn't click because of this teacher's way of teaching mm -hmm. it's it's the same fundamentals it's like nobody should feel like whatever i have to offer is not you know no one's going to care it's like exactly. there will be maybe little people like less people than you thought maybe not as large of an audience as you thought you might have, but that audience will hear it from your voice because they resonate with who you are. And then they'll right. share it to the people that'll listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the, one of the biggest mission that like as the Blossom Media Studio we have is to really help people to understand that they are worthy, that they are enough, that they have the voice that other people need, you know, like whatever that you have the dream or the idea or the thought or maybe a book, it's worth to do it. Right. Yeah. And, absolutely you know, is. and we want to just cultivate the space of creativity and growth and just encourage people like go and do it. And I have to give, you know, kudos to you for doing it and stepping out, paving the way and showing that. It's possible, right? Like you yeah. said on your website, just a just a kid from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> just a kid from the hood. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it pretty much, you know, to wrap up the conversation, yeah. I want to say everyone check out this book, listen to this podcast, pause it where you found something valuable. Let us know if you want to hear anything next. We'll be more than happy to get him back on the show Thank and you. get Thank back you. to us, you know, tell us how you guys like this. Yeah. You can find out both of our, uh, you know, social media handles. They will be in the description of this podcast. Thank, Thank you. you again, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to sign off, everybody. Take care. say bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for checking out the show. I really appreciate your time, and I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online. You bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.